1: best thing to win the masters you you will be here forever as long as you
0: are still alive so that's the best thing i'm very happy
1: welcome to episode 97 of the talking golf history podcast titled an unfiltered history with von Kahn. when not behind the camera of the talking golf history podcast von halliard is a well-known name in the game of golf he is the founder and president of the Story Lounge Film Company, he's on the board of the Donald Ross Society as well as the Society of Golf Historians. In past episodes, you may have heard Vaughn off mic messing with me, or if you tuned into the podcast called The Gathering, you got a small glimpse into his knowledge on golf history and golf course architecture. Our traveling circus of golf history and storytelling kicked off this dynamic and sometimes dysfunctional duo that I call Vaughncon. This is the perfect episode to kick off season five of the Talking Golf History podcast. It's lighthearted. I promise it'll make you laugh. And we dive into Vaughn's thoughts on the newly restored Bel Air Country Club, our past travels, and where the podcast needs to go in 2023. For you parents in the car with young ones, I just want to give you fair warning. I think this happens after the outro music uh, in the blooper section, if you want to call it. I may have dropped, or I should say I did drop a couple swear words. So if you're traveling with kids, maybe stop at the end of the outro music. Um, Sorry about that, but this is what happens when I relax with friends. If you don't know him, folks, yet, you soon will be a fan of Von Halliard. Let's kick off this season with this unplanned podcast. Today, we're joined by Vaughn Howyard, founder of Story Lounge Films, who's worked with Disney, ESPN, Fox Sports, and Formula One, and many more. Vaughn, how did you get into golf course architecture?
0: (laughs) Uh, It goes back to my son wanted to become Tiger Woods, and uh, we had moved and started uh, going to a course in the club in Cedar Rapids. And uh, it was an opportunity to, for me to tag along and learn golf with him, and uh, along the way i came became involved with the club on a number of committees that led to restoration and that's where I sort of had to learn golf architecture as a trial by fire
1: and was that that was Cedar Rapids Country club Cedar Rapids Country Club in Cedar Rapids Iowa and how'd that restoration go well tell, tell us a little bit about the restoration you know i don't know how much you can tell us, but like. You know, was it universally accepted? Were there battles to be, you know, it, fought? It's all out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, there were some battles, but uh, it. we had a really good crew. We had a phenomenal super, Tom Feller, who gave the club and some committee some ultimatums that we needed to get our stuff together and put some planning together. And we formed a a pretty informed committee that helped... Tom and supported Tom and his effort, and we retained Ron Pritchard. Long story short, it went very well. We released, received some accolades and got into a number of top 100 lists, uh, full membership and having a tremendous time. And then in 2020, most of that work was erased by a storm in 45 minutes. the dur- ratio. Duratio. Yeah, crazy. Storm 45 minutes, winds up to 145 miles per hour, uh, gusts sustain winds for ninety miles per hour. So we are in the middle of renovating that restoration all over again because the course that was restored no longer exists.
1: So amazing though. Yeah, it's
0: it's a wild ride.
1: <laughs> Just, it was so I mean I when did I play it? I played it last year? Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you, I you saw it, you saw it post-restoration. In, in I saw it. Early yes. repair.
1: I saw after the original restoration and then after some of the renovation, not what's going on now, but like they pulled the trees and it really just it transformed the course from even the restoration that I thought was phenomenal, right? And it's improving upon that, which is even more amazing. Yeah.
0: It's uh it it healed up really well. Ron Pritchard came in and did some band-aid emergency work and then this year late in the fall we shut everything down and and really went hard at renovating and bringing the course back to uh, some really solid playability and and adding some features that needed to be added to replace thousands of trees that were no
1: longer in place. And so what has you most excited about the work you're doing there now? Hmm. Are we thinking it's going to be, I can't remember, is it going to be open 2023? It'll be open to play, but it won't be fully... Renovated, restored. Is That's that correct.
0: Fair? Yeah. It will, will be open in 23, but it won't be completed until 24. So we'll do some more work, fall of 23, and button it up. And then early 24, we'll have 100% of the renovation complete.
1: So if you could, and I know you don't want to, because you want it to be a big secret, but we're all about breaking secrets here. <laughs> it's not a secret. <laughs> what? It's not What a is secret. like the one thing, if you could pick out one hole maybe, where you're, you're very excited. Like for me, out here at Bel Air, and by the way, folks, we just played Bel Air today. Where this is an impromptu podcast, so it goes bad. We don't have notes. It's downing. outstanding. <laughs> so tell me, like, what is the one hole that where you're like, I'm so glad this happened. This is going to shock people. 16. And why? I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> it's like a state secret. All right, so if we can get the folks that did the – the the video work, the satellite imaging of Augusta National, send them over to the 16th at CRCC. What might they see, Vaughn?
0: Some work has been done.
1: Some work has been done. You are a turd. Uh, we get along. I can say that. We'll fight later. Uh, so you're, you're currently on the board of the Donald Ross Society, and you're a golf magazine contributor and golf rating panelist. Is that correct? That's correct. So... Walk me through those two positions for those people who don't know much about the Donald Ross society. What does the Donald Ross society do and and what do you do as a, as a board member for them? So in short, with our
0: course Cedar Rapids was a is a Donald Ross course. So, uh, got very involved in the society. They were very helpful and informative. Brad Klein, uh, who was then the golf week magazine editor, uh, and was a, a huge champion of our work and, and very supportive. Uh, he sort of recommended we go with Ron Pritchard, who has been recognized as one of the earliest practitioners of golf course restoration, uh, and, and an early Donald Ross advocate and, and expert. And the the Ross Society is really sort of the keeper of the flame for all things Donald Ross. Uh, I call it uh, the the biggest and probably the most influential dead architect society on the planet. And that's sort of a golf geek thing, but golf geeks will understand um, the whole dead architect um, community. Yeah, wasn't it
1: like, it was, was it not like the first society or maybe the first real society around golf course architecture and preserving the works of that architect?
0: Yes, I think so. I think Mike Fay and then Brad Beck and, uh, have led the society, and it, and I think it was the, f- the first and probably the most and best organized uh, and the most active. You know, we have events at, at any one of the 300 Donald Ross or so courses on the planet, and it's become a, a, a very effective force for evangelism of both restoration and of Donald Ross. Uh, and, you know, not to sound weird, but it's a big group because there's a lot of courses. That's just the math of it. So if you're, if you're trying to figure out what to do, and you have a Donald Ross course, the Donald Ross Society is an excellent place to begin, and we work very closely with the Tufts Archives, where, which is in Pinehurst, and they are sort of the keepers of all things with regard to Pinehurst and Donald Ross. Phenomenal and, archives. Yeah, phenomenal, phenomenal. Anyhow, you know, from aerial photos to you know, access to Chris Bowie, I mean, a lot of different things uh, are available through the Society. If you have a Donald Ross course, it, it it behooves you to to be involved and contribute your information to the society, but also take
1: advantage of the information that we have to offer. And tell us a little bit about the Golf Magazine relationship that you have. Uh, What's it like being a panelist for Golf Magazine? Uh, Go out and see courses. It's
0: it's it's an an amazing group. You know, I give a shout out to Golf Week as well. I was a Golf Week panelist. I mean, we're we're non denominational here at the society. I mean, as that you you have had- of
1: golf historians, he's referring to. So, <laughs> yeah. I should also mention you're on the board of the Society of Golf Historians with me. Yeah, that's a big board. Yeah, <laughs> big board. It's not that big. It's the quad. It's the quad. <laughs> and he knows who we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> the quad. Uh, the
0: uh, uh, first of all, golf, a golf rating panelist, people should understand that. You know, nobody that rates a golf course gets paid to do it necessarily. So people that are going around, whether it's Golf Digest, where you are a member of that panel, um, people pay their own funds to go rate courses. So it's not—it's a lot more than just, oh, you got on a bunch of really cool courses for free. A lot of times you got to pay. And you're expected to go play 10, 20, 30 courses a year, new courses, 100 courses. It d- just depends. I mean, you have a responsibility Because people like lists, and this is the media guy talking, people love to look at a top 10, top 20, top 100 list, uh, and they like to use it to make decisions of where they should play and where they want to explore. So somebody's got to create the list, and there have been organizations that have worked to organize and build credible conglomerates of people that will actually go evaluate courses. Nobody's going to agree. It's all subjective.
1: But like any list, you have to start somewhere. Um, it and creates just discussion, yeah. right? Like you and I will play a course that would be in the top 100, and both you and I might think it doesn't belong in the top 100, and, and vice versa. Right? There's courses we play where we're like this is phenomenal. Yeah. I how think, come nobody's here? Right? <laughs> like your course. I mean, yeah. we're going to get there,
0: Bel Air. But uh, I, I think the lists have purpose. I, you know, I wouldn't participate in them, and, and, and I think that they add from a uh, they have market value to both private and public courses, right? Having people recognize that you have invested in your facility is worthwhile. So uh, I'm a proponent of lists because it helps, it gives people a place to start. And, and if you assemble a panel of people who have really done their homework and have opinions that you may or may not agree with, but you can look at it and say, this is something I can make a determination and evaluation on that opinion. It's a good place to start. So I've been a, a member of both lists and I, I am a, uh, use some of the media resources from our company to contribute to, to golf magazine contributed to golf course architecture, um, and golf clubs, right? Yeah, some yeah. golf clubs, help golf
1: clubs, help, clubs and help
0: architects absolutely. try and tell their stories better. Uh, we do stuff together as society, which yeah. is, home- uh, I
1: mean, many, many of you at home may not know this. I think I allude to it quite often. Uh, Vaughn's often a producer of the show. He often, often films our podcasts, uh, every once in a while, you'll hear, hear me yell at him because he'll say something or stop me when I'm on a roll, which is just BS. But when whatever When you're going down a rat uh, listen, hole when you go when down a rat hole. What comes out this mouth is genius <laughs> It should not be questioned. Yeah, that's rad. <laughs> a rat hole avoidance. <laughs> I mean, only one time did I forget to hit record. Like one time, one time. If we didn't have Vaughn, by the way, if we didn't have Vaughn. We wouldn't have the history of prairie dunes because I didn't hit record. Uh, Yeah, it wasn't my best. On the Zoom. Luckily, he had that on film. It works uh, better when you hit record. (laughs) I mean, wait, did I record this? Okay, no, we're good. Uh, So speaking of lists, here here are some of the courses we've played together. Uh, And I'm going to have your thoughts on some of these. So we'll hit Bel Air later. But we have uh, Eastward Ho, Hyannisport, Chatham Lynx, Landman, Cedar Rapids Country Club, Davenport Country Club, Prairie Dunes, Bel Air, Bald Peak Colony Club, Omaha Country Club, and Augusta National, and Milwaukee Country Club. You're right. Thank you. Um, thoughts? Like, give me... First of all, that's a pretty solid list. What's, like, what's the best thing of those trips? Laughter. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say hanging out with you, but whatever. Yeah, I mean, just laughter it, works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have Maybe a good just, time. We have a good time. It's like hilarious. the worst that we've ever played together would be on what course? So you got to think about that one. Yeah, I got to think. I know the answer. There is an answer. You want to hit? Yeah. I almost killed a couple at Ana. <laughs> on- <laughs> I almost killed those people watching us. <laughs> now, do you remember? Which one? Oh, that's me. There was two. Did I? This one here. Bel Air? Air. Oh, you're right. Oh no, that was rude. Yeah, Yeah, almost killed a woman sitting on her balcony. Oh my God, I did almost kill her. She, like, she was really old already, so it probably took her thirty minutes for her life to pass by your eyes. She knew exactly what was going on, but it was yeah. So she didn't blink. She looked down. Your balls down there. Uh, The second hole used to end up, and I mean, it's it what seventy yards from the from the green to those condos? Scullerama. Oh, I bladed the devil. I mean, it was a sandwich. I'm inside like 80 yards. I'm feeling hot, feeling juicy on this thing. I'm going to put it tight. I blade a wedge like no one's ever bladed a wedge. Not only did it fly the green, but it flew the green by 70 yards and maybe, what, 40 feet in the air?
0: She would have died instantly. She would have
1: died. <laughs> she would have died. No, that's true. But I was thinking of the couple. At, Chatham. Chatham. Yeah. Chatham blanks. They've seen it all before, they, too. They both... Didn't even blink. The real question is, when they, their lives flash be, before their eyes, did they see themselves together? Or did that like ne- necessitate a divorce? They didn't see themselves together anymore, and, and I changed their lives.
0: No, because they looked at the shot and said, ah, that shot's so bad, it's not going to oh get my here. God, that was scary. It was, that they, was bad. They didn't care.
1: But to be fair...
0: Was, Chatham was a special Was that place, following
1: though. Eastward, Ho? Or was that Hyannisport?
0: Hyannisport. That was after Hyannisport. Yeah.
1: Okay, so out of that list, I mean, obviously, Augusta National was special. Yeah. Hanging out with our dear friend there. Um, But let's take Augusta National out. Like, which one surprised you? Like, which one's the sleeper on that list? Eastward Ho was
0: stunning. Sure, it's so good. Eastward Ho was breathtaking.
1: I mean, I tell people, I think it could be top 20. It's that good.
0: And I, I got to shout out, Keith Foster, and then Kyle Franz, who's the the current caretaker of the architecture. There, the work that they have done, and the the work that Keith did, the heavy lifting, and and then the stewardship of Kyle, that place is
1: breathtaking.
0: It's just underrated. I don't know if people just don't go out there, they don't care, or just it's stunning.
1: Is it just so low key? Is yeah, it, I mean, yeah. It's just
0: low key, it just creepy. And it, again, it was it was over at one point in places you couldn't see the ocean. You would never know previous to the work of those guys that it was a spectacular piece of land.
1: So I'll, I'm going to say two of the clubs left on the list, and I just want you to comment. Just give me your thoughts, all right? So the first one I'm going to do is uh, Prairie Dunes. Where do you go with that?
0: Oh, that's kind of a shrine. It, it, it answers a lot of questions with regard to I think, the current movement in, in unstructured golf architecture. And it is just one of those things. Every time you take a lap, you marvel at what the Maxwells did with that land. And, and I'm also, for people that don't, don't know, Prairie Dunes was started by Perry Maxwell. He passed away during the construction, and it was completed by his son, uh press Maxwell Perry did nine holes, and then press did another nine and it's it 's fascinating how well press weaved the other nine into the work of his father now you know if you dig into it, you can tell the difference, but it's you have to dig you do, and yeah. it is a really it 's just a fascinating experience
1: and it 's like an amazing hang yeah right they don 't I mean, care it's, it's they 're just welcoming people uh, i mean. It's an amazing membership, and I know we, we touch, touched on this on the podcast there, but it's an amazing membership that has a great blend of like national members and local members. And you're, as I said, I think I said this actually on the podcast is, you are hanging out with at a table with the CEO of a Fortune 500 company, and then the butcher, the baker, and the, the candlestick maker. Yeah, in and the town. plumber, the guy yeah. that makes plastic figurines. That yeah. was it. Um, and the, hey, you guys want to go rusty? out scrambling it on It's Rusty, right? Yeah. Rusty's the club champion. Yeah, Rusty's like, you know, these guys don't know how good they have it. Yeah. Like, they don't go to other courses. They just stay here. This is just our club. Oh, gosh. Can you imagine? That's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Okay, so the other one is Landman, Uh, which, I'm super biased, so
0: just on, on record.
1: Just so good, though.
0: Been involved and just have a really special place in my heart for the family that built it. Uh, I've gotten close Good to people. great people, um, suffered just the, a, a tragic loss during the opening and just powered through and honored all the commitments to the hundreds of people that had signed up to show up during the month of August and September during what is probably the darkest period of, of that anybody could go through. And they're just tremendous people of, of conviction and... And and fortitude and I can't say enough about them. And the place is is off the charts. It's it's crazy.
1: It's insane.
0: Yeah, it's polarizing. Yeah, you know some of my some of my buddies don't like it. Oh gosh, I just and think others it's phenomenal. I and on the other end, I know people who have been there three four times and it's not really open yet because they can't get enough of it. Right. So it, you have to make your own determination. I would never tell anybody that you. You're dumb for not enjoying it. All I would say... Hey, I mean, I'll say
1: that. Go check it out. <laughs> You're nice. But I'm the mean one. <laughs> I'm usually the bad cop. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, I, I just think for King Collins, I think that's a home run following yeah. Sweetens Cove. I know they've got a couple other courses that are baking right now. Yeah. Um, I, I just can't wait to see where they go with that. I just think it's just going to be... You know, I think golf course architecture, and I've, I've alluded to this in the past. I think there are some that truly believe that as minimal amount of dirt should be moved to build a golf course. And that is, that is where they dig in. And, and I'm one of these people, I guess, who says golf course architecture is better when we have every different manner of building a golf course, you know, like Lido is an exploration of like the digital age, right? Of mapping and old course. No, I don't think golf's great if we do that a bunch of times all yeah. over the place. And I, I think, you know, the work that, you know, Corin Crenshaw and Tom Doak have done where just minimalism is fantastic on the right sites. And, but I think, you know, Mike Strance, I think King Collins are, have done and are doing an amazing job. And just, I think we're all better for it having that much of a versatility in design.
0: Tell you the variety of, of courses that are coming online and are online, phenomenal. You know, Brian Schneider is doing old Barnwell.
1: Yeah, I can't wait to see that.
0: Yeah. And, and Lido is off the chain. You, you played know? it,
1: and I, I ditched. Play. Yeah. To be fair. It, Can was, we talk about that? <laughs> why, why I ditched? You're soft as a baby's behind. <laughs> it was Too like, cold. Listen. It's, it was it, below fifty degrees. It's too cold in Florida. That's like negative twenty up north. I'm okay, so cold. Yeah, I almost bailed today. You're lucky we played. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the, uh, I, I mean, let's look at it. You know, King Collins, Sweetens Cove, and Landman. Landman is epic. I, I just can't. I can't say enough about it. I'm looking forward to seeing Old Barnwell. The Lido is spectacular. Uh, that that whole process. You were early involved in in the early one of the first pieces that talked about the Lido publicly on Golf Channel.
1: Yeah, that was fun.
0: With uh, Peter Flory is in finance, brilliant guy, and he put together the digital rendering of the Lido, which caught the attention of the Kaisers. Uh, that's
1: crazy, right? Yeah, I mean and Flory's work on that just to make the Lido a video game. Yeah. I mean, that was this whole intent. So can, it was never for the show.
0: You can play the Lido. I've I played the Lido a bunch of times on uh, on the simulator. I know Golf Course 2019, mm-hmm. Golf Club 2019 has Lido on it, the, the Peter Flory design. His and design. I think, yeah.
1: You know, I don't, you, I mean, I've shared this on the podcast before, so it's a little old news. But if you haven't listened to the podcast forever, uh, then you might not know this. But. Peter Flory's footage on that Golf Channel piece. So if you want to see it, yeah, I think you can Google Golf Channel Los Lido yeah. video and you'll see it. It's, it's a, I don't know, 12, 12 to 15-minute segment. Yeah. Um, Connor and,
0: Lido Golf Channel.
1: Yeah, something like that. And you, anyway, what's funny about it is, and I've shared this before, but um, we were filming that piece on you know essentially the seaside hole, the ocean side of, of the course, and the cop showed up. And the cops asked the producer if we had a permit to film, and the producer was like, "Well, it's public, you know, land." New York, yeah, New York. It's like, well, you still need a permit, and they like literally shut us down. Yeah, and they'll shoot you. Yeah, they they were shutting us down. They were just staring at the, you know, everyone packing up their goods. And I just said, "Listen, let's let's go to the deli. I'll buy. We'll get some, you know, bagels. We'll eat lunch, and we'll come back and film." And they're like, "No, no, we're not going to arrest." I said okay, no, so what we should do is go to the channel side, which is now a high school. And I'm like, we could film over there. And they're like, no. And I'm like, okay, here's what we'll do. You let me use your camera and I'll film. And if I get arrested, I'll take no. And I said, okay, then how about this? We go to these houses that are overlooking the ocean that are sitting on McKinsey's hole, the 18th. I'll knock on the door and ask if we can film inside the house and we'll finish it there. And they're like, nobody will let you in. And everyone was like shutting it down. And I (laughs) just said, oh, you know, let's see. I bet I can get Peter Flory to put in the footage to help finish the show. And it was his amazing work that got it done. Anyway, he did an amazing job. It worked fantastic. And long story short, the film crew left. And I went over and knocked on poor – I don't even remember the guy's name. If he's listening, hello. Um, I knocked on a random guy's house. He may or may not have been smoking pot in the garage. I was looking like a cop because I was wearing blue, you know, professionally dressed. And suspiciously, he asked me what I wanted. And I asked him if I could go inside his house and take photos looking out the window.
0: Can I I come inside your house to (laughs) take photos of a golf course that's not there? Yeah.
1: (laughs) He didn't even know there was a golf course on his property. So. I ended up telling them the history of the Lido. You called the neighbors? And Alistair, they called the neighbors over, and I had to talk with them, and that's a normal thing for me, like going to a random house and asking to walk inside, and I probably won't murder you. So with the beard, it would probably be more suspicious. That's (laughs) for sure. You wouldn't get shot or anything. But Peter Flory did an amazing job with that. He really did. So today, I mean, let me tell you a little bit about Vaughn's schedule. So Vaughn was in Atlanta, and then you went from Atlanta to Highlands, Country Club in North Carolina. Right. That was yesterday, two days ago. Might have been. I, yes. It might have been yesterday. No, it, it, was, could, it, was, no, two it was two days, days ago. ago. Then Vaughn drove the same day to Atlanta Airport, flew to San Francisco, right? Yeah. And you were there for not a full day?
0: Sequoia Country Club celebrating at the accomplishment of a friend, Preston Pinckney, and his program ABC Kids Golf out of the city of Oakland. Long story short, the kid that came up through the program progressed past his player ability test, which is the key test you have to pass to become a PGA instructor based on the instruction he received through Preston's program. Uh, And it really sort of completed a journey that showed that if you can keep a kid off the street for two or three hours playing golf, good things can happen. Amazing. And then he was hired by Sequoia Country Club to be a pro at the club, which is just on the other side of the valley from Lake Chabot, which is the public course. So the story there, we're just sort of celebrating the event and the completion of that journey and then talking about how we're going to capture that entire story as, as sort of a, a little mini documentary.
1: That's so cool. It was really fun. It was
0: I mean, it's just it was almost tear-jerking. Just a simple thing to see this kid go out on a course who was five or six years ago trying to figure out how to hold a golf club.
1: And now he's a pro. Wow. Certified. Unbelievable. And then like a lunatic, you jumped on a red eye, you flew to Tampa, we're delayed, right? Yep. Randomly, I am driving to Bel Air Country Club. I'm like on my way. I'm like by the airport. I saw you were delayed. And I was like, I probably could pick up Vaughn. So I swung by the airport did 15 loops around because they won't ever let you park there to pick somebody up unless somebody's visibly there. They'll shoot you. Yeah. And then you hopped in. We drove to, Be- drove to Bel Air and didn't have any time to warm up and played 18 holes on the newly restored West Course by Jason Straka. I'm inhaling an anvil. I know. You are. You're in a lot of pain. So, oh, no, I'm good. I'm good so now. So you're one of the few people that I know. Not There's lots of them, I'm sure. But there's you're one of the few people I know that has played Bel Air before the restoration and after. Yes. Like snapshot. What are you, what's your takeaway? Uh,
0: Jason's work is, is spectacular. It's transformative. Um, I put it up there with, with what Ron Force did at, at Orlando, which was also transformative. Country Club of Orlando. Country Club of Orlando which was, you know, no disrespect on one of the most horrible pieces of flat Florida land, which is the kind of land that gives Florida golf uh, a bad rap. Uh, Ron transformed that into a place that people are lining up to play and get in. Uh, I think Jason did the same thing here. You had the benefit of of being on the Gulf of Mexico.
1: Yeah, it does help a little.
0: And you have got elevation changes and you had creeks and little ravines and you really had some great topography. A lot of it was hidden. Yeah. Buried. yeah. buried in trees. Buried. Yeah. But the playing it was really fun. Um, but now the place is spectacular. And I think it's, you know, it's kind of on, on par with the transformative restorations because it is really a restoration going back to old drawings and looking at um, the dunes. I mean, the, it's interesting walking past one of the creeks that is feeding out into the Gulf of Mexico you see that the creek is just lined with sand. It's all sand, so the place is naturally duney. Um, Jason took the topography and the topology back to a dunescape. Uh, it stripped all of the bad trees that are planted on on Florida courses to make them all look the same. Um, he re- removed a lot of the cart paths as as many as possible, and really made it a a, a phenomenal place. Just steering, the, making you make decisions uh putting in so many yeah great decisions <laughs> right? bringing back the ross i mean it, it feels like a a sand dunes ross course it, it you can look and see the old people playing in in plus fours back in the you know, 1920s when you get out here on a course you couldn't see that before no, you couldn't feel it and and just restoring some of the shapes that that he got from the photography and the and the all footage. I mean, it, it is a, a it is a spectacular restoration. It's a lot better than I thought it was going to be, and you know the indication is I could I'm, I still got jet lag and plane fatigue. I was still
1: trying to figure out if we had time to take another lap, right? And yeah. we did walk. I think one of the one of the things the takeaways because you would played it once or twice before, yeah, three, three or four times. Yeah. Okay, so but we were playing, um, and actually, it was one it of my been... fourth.
0: It was one of my favorite courses in Florida then
1: before yeah i think uh, brad Beckon, uh he's the head of the don ross society said it was the uh, what his
0: third maybe
1: or yeah i mean he called five. it like the best you know the best unknown course in, of Donald ross's collection before yeah. the restoration yeah
0: brad was a big fan
1: but he, the thing that took me away and i think this is a compliment for jason is we were playing i think down nine and your question was to me was was this creek here before? Like, he did an amazing job to make the creeks look like they've been there. Yeah. So, what happened is in the 80s and 90s, not going to name names, we had an architect come in. There was a in. bad
0: pond there before. No, oh, there they, were two
1: yeah. massive ponds on the course that are now gone cesspools. And um, the architect of decades prior basically dug two massive ponds on the west course and then took all that dirt and built up all the greens six to ten feet i mean like they were all elevated greens and and buried all of the creeks that followed through the entire course minus the creek that separated uh number three and five and we have three and five now detreat so you can see the creek it's in play you have a branca that goes over two and then extends these creeks all throughout the course and now you're going over the creek, you're playing beside the creek, the creek's on play. Multiple ways it challenges you. And that is like one of the great takeaways I've taken from playing it post-restoration was I, I get the awe of, you know, this, this hole is restored like the fourth, which was a battle. Uh, but having that creek system back in has brought in so much amazing intrigue of do I, don't I when hitting shots.
0: Yeah, like the... Uh What's the long par five? Is that 12? 12. 12. Oh, gee, many Christmas. Man. What in the a, wind. That, yeah. it, after playing 10, the whole 10 has one of the finest greens that I've seen uh, restored. And I think that's based on a Ross drawing. And I'm he's not, not just trying.
1: saying that because we thought he missed the green and he was still on it. It happens. <laughs> but uh, That flag! That flag uh, <laughs> looked like it was sitting out in like the clouds. There was no way that was on the green. It, there's, there's no way that was the green.
0: Yeah. But uh, 12 is just long and makes... Everybody think. I mean, it, it, he, just little subtle things where, you know, the bunker's in the right place for the big bombers. You know, think twice. Um, and if you, even if you just want to run it up on a big, wide fairway, you, make sure you get on the right place because the swale is going to impede your progress, and then you're going to be 20, 30 yards shorter than you thought you wanted to be. And then there are just the optical illusions, some of the, the cross-bunkering w- with a dry bronca in front of it of the green it looks like it's greenside and you know these are not your bunkers because you're still oh my gosh 60 70 100 yards Over short of the green 100 yards
1: short of the green yeah, yeah
0: it's just a phenomenal use of land uh and subtle ways to keep you because it's 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 bordered by some residences but they don't really in all intrude peripheral. On yeah, the periphery. It, yeah but still he did a masterful job of of making sure that subconsciously you were aiming away from the street and aiming towards Places that would benefit your shot versus harm you. Favorite hole? Wow. I think it's 10.
1: Ooh. 10, that par 5. Yeah.
0: It's That's a sleeper.
1: Oh, <laughs> it's good green. It's a sleeper. It's a good green. It looks,
0: it looks, it's very subtle because there's a, the creeks over there, is it not? uh Is that 10? Am I thinking? No creeks on that one. What's on it?
1: It's creeks on the other side of it. Oh yeah, creeks, it's that, that old nine. grove of trees that's gone. It has um, the dunes. It Has the dunes on the right side. On the right, and you have a couple to steer away. And you have
0: you you have plenty of of uh, room to get close, but on your last shot, you have to make. On your second last shot, you have to make a very determined decision how you want to come into that green. And,
1: and unless the pins on the right, your flagstick is like semi-blind. Right. Like, it literally looks like it. I mean, it was on the left. It looked like it was floating. It looked like the superintendent had plugged it in a bunker because yep. there was no way it was on the green. Right. And we were both marveling at it. I I played cautiously and went out to the right. And then Vaughn was just pin hunting and <laughs> pulled it off. And I was like, he's in a bunker. Like, one of the great, I swear to God, there was like a little kid in there that threw it back up on the green. Pin hunt. It's good to go. Good to go. I like that one. I tell you, my favorite. You know, you with I always thought it would be number four because yeah. I, you know, your island. We weren't going to restore the island. Green, it's spectacular. Yeah, I had a hour long presentation on why we should restore it, and they agreed, and they restored it, and it's phenomenal. Shout out to the membership and the board for for going through with it. Yeah, it, I know it was contentious. Earl Cooper, our president, like was really on board. Uh, Ed, our GM, Jim, our, our pro. It's spectacular, and then Jason saying, you know. This is going to make a great hole. And I think, I honestly think it'll be one of the most photographed holes in the state of Florida. But oddly enough, as much as I love that hole, seven. No, it's three. Ah. Oh. Three is one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. So it's not on the water, but the water's to your right. It, you play over a barranca, which is like a dry creek, if you will. And then the creek runs along the right-hand side with two bunkers. Your landing area is left of the creek, left of two bunkers, and there's a freaking sandy dune where you'd want to bail it out. Right. And then after all of that, if you bomb it, you still can go into the creek because it wraps around the front. So the creek does almost like an S-shape around that hole. So you hit... Well, you can lay up. I will tell you, if you're really smart, laying up to about 165 yards, keeps most of the trouble out. That's where the width is. Um, But nobody does that because everybody loves their driver, including me. And so you try to go over the bunker or keep it right of the bunker, but not go in the creek or the bunkers to the right. And then you've got this beautiful shot over the creek again. There is a a bunker that looks like a greenside bunker, but it's not, it's an optical illusion that fronts it. And then a gre- just gorgeous green complex. Yeah, I just think that is, there's a lot of great holes out here, but that is, that's one that, that one shocked me. And, and right. unfortunately I'm biased, right? Cause I've, I've walked this course 50 times during construction. And when I saw him putting them up, the first, th- my first inclination was why did we keep the trees? Right. They're not in play. So, you know, but I'm like, I guess I'm not a tree killer, but I'm not a tree friend when it comes to golf. And I thought, what a great links. We sit on sand, right? We're on this dune. We've got these duney, you know, cop mounds, sorry, sticking out of the ground. And But the trees really set the scene for that hole.
0: Yeah, surprisingly. Mm-hmm. About the cop mounds, though, number nine is fascinating because you've got a big cop mound around wow, along the yeah. right side.
1: Damn, yeah.
0: And then you've got a, the creek a wet creek along the left side
1: mm-hmm.
0: where there's there's a lot of room on the right side by the cop mound cop mound and you know invariably if you hit away from the creek to be smart into a very generous landing area you would be under the impression you did the right thing until you get up to the cop mound and all of a sudden you find that you have a blind shot
1: that's what you had today
0: yep. right and it was a good shot. Green. It was a
1: good tee shot. Yeah. Ours were actually on similar angles. I think I had a good bounce. Yeah. And I had a pure look at the green and you had, it didn't bounce. I had a, I had a, I'm sitting in the middle of Ireland somewhere
0: without a car. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> it was definitely, it was a Scottish bunker. I'm like, oh, this is brilliant. Cause it looked like such a friendly place to go to, to put your ball. And as you get closer, you find out, well, it's friendly, but now I have to go straight over and up in a blind shot. Uh, to a green that has a uh, creek
1: running in front of it. So what's what was the hardest hole for you? The, uh, you can't name something you got birdie on. I think <laughs> <laughs> seven. Um, seven was so nine, hard that I hit it
0: to two feet. Nine nine give, nine gave me agita when I got up there and said, nine, yeah. "Oh my god, I I can't see anything." I thought I'm thinking oh, that's a great shot, a nice little little, little butter cut it's yeah. in the fairway, and it was. It was literally in the fairway, it was directly in front of the right, directly at the pin, except I couldn't see it because it was a very artfully placed mound that uh, also separated that hole from the other hole. I remember previously you, you know you'd have holes that would run together, or else there was a bunch of nasty trees that were artificially planted to try and separate the holes. They use the uh, he, you guys use the mounds very artfully to separate those holes from each other, and it, and it really ties the place together in a way that I had not expected.
1: So my hardest hole that I've found playing here is number six. Six runs along the gulf. It has oh, two bunkers yeah. on the right side. It has a fairly fairly narrow alley. Um, it wants you to stay right of the fairway, which brings the golf into play. Uh, and on the left side where you want to land it, like your bailout again is a pretty deep bunker. And left of that is another one of Ross's Dooney, you know, cop mounds.
0: Which if you look at the drawings were bigger than they are now.
1: I mean, the mounds make this. I mean, yeah, I really, I the think, mounds are... I think, you know, it'll be interesting to see how the, the membership takes to the mounds because I just think they're so artfully done. And if you look at the drawings that Ross did, I would argue that some of them are actually smaller than what Ross had intended.
0: Yeah, I think in the drawings they were at least a story high.
1: Yeah, they're massive. And yeah. then but playing in that it's not the first shot. I think the first shot's difficult on that, but when you get your next shot on that hole, unless you're a crazy crazy bomber, is you're playing a mid iron into a green that has two large swales in it. And if you catch the green wrong, it will push you into the Gulf of Mexico. And then on the left, your bailout again is another cop mound. Yeah. It's, I mean, I've only parred it once so far. I've played it four times, four times five. And the time I, I parred it, I went over I missed the green left and long. Like went over the mound and then chipped to the hole. So I played it incorrectly but safely if that makes sense
0: yeah that's a that's a rough hole
1: and that, then there you,
0: you got to think through that
1: one the other one that i think gets in people's heads too is um 16 the par five right It there's a lot of those there's, a lot,
0: of, there's a lot going
1: on there and as i told you i'm like there's this cop mound that seemingly takes up it looks like 80 percent of the fairway where you want to hit your drive and as i told vaughn i'm like you can hit the living snot out of it, and you cannot reach that mound. It looks massive. And then massive, I but hit the, the living snot out of it. It's in the next county. And did not reach the mound. I mean, we were wind-aided, fair, yeah. right? You hit it like 295. I hit it 320, and I still wouldn't have been in that mound. But from the fairway, it looks like it's completely in It play. looks like it's in your face. It is in your head, which is a lot of fun. So takeaways, what do you think? Overall,
0: uh, I think it's 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 a just like I said it's it is a transformative restoration and I say restoration because you know it looks like in, from what I've seen I uh, went back to the records of what was here and what Ross had intended uh, and you guys had you know if you if you're in a, a club or an organization or a, or a course and you're trying to go through the restorative process there's battles people are going to have opinions this is going to be too hard or ross never did it like this and ross would never do this and those are generally misnomers uh and i'm i'm surprised to pull it off and proud of you guys for battling through it yeah Uh, all credit to jason the result is, is spectacular i think it's like i said i i think of you know i'm a big fan of restorations because i've been involved in one so that's a bias uh But I think, you know, ours was spectacular at Cedar Rapids because we had to, you know, unbury a a
1: course from a forest. Uh, It really was a forest. I've told that story before, but I was offered, when I lived in Cedar Rapids, the opportunity to play it multiple times for free. And I said, no. And then I played it, God, I don't know, like five years ago. And I was like, it was after your restoration. I was like, oh, my God what the hell have I been missing out? And then, you know, I realized there was yeah, a restoration and, yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, unreal ge- job fairways had moss on them, but I digress the, uh, you know, it really is. There's some really great restorations. There's, you know, the Allison restoration that Nagel and Force did at, at uh, Davenport. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, Gil did a restoration at Oakland Hills. That is just frighteningly good.
1: Lake Merced as yeah, well.
0: Lake Merced. He did. Um, Ron Pritchard and and then uh, Tyler Ray did some work at Beverly. Beverly is is I in the project in the middle of a project for Beverly right now, and the history there is is overwhelming. Um, you know, a, a forty minute film is now into two parts with like two hours. <laughs> wow, we, we've got Francis, we met and and uh, Chick Evans and Arnold Palmer and Jackal. I mean the stuff that went on there, and then the, you know just the general Chicago stuff. Uh, that's that's amazing restoration. Um, There's a lot of really good work on. I mean, you know, Ron Pritchard did Skokie, at, in Skokie's one version, so good, yeah. Uh, and then Brian Schneider is there re in energizing some of the Lankford and Moreau features, and it you know just it's going through an evolution of restoration. I mean, I think the restorations that are well researched and and well intended. um, are are really adding value to everybody's GCA experience, and this is this is going to jump up there in my eyes. It jumps up there and gets into the conversation with with uh, Davenport, Kirtland's undergoing an amazing Allison restoration, um, the stuff that Kyle did at, at all over Pinehurst, Southern yeah. Pines, yeah. Mid Pines, Pine Needles. This is in that it's in that family and I didn't expect it to be this good but it really You knew it
1: was going to be good.
0: I knew it was going to be good yeah. but it it, it yeah. really like oh I got to get another lap in quick.
1: I I you know I said the same thing that I my mean, first round there you know there were a couple times where I was just like overwhelmed with how happy I was. <laughs> and I played, you know, that the my first round was opening day and I and I played the first hole And you played the a, first hole by myself and then Hooked up with uh, Straka was on the second hole. I made fun of him there. <laughs> I was like, I was on the other side of a swale, and I had a really tough putt. And I asked him if this hole came with a clown mouth, <laughs> just just to get under his skin. You know, you got to get him early. Oh, you know, you man. can't get him late. You got to get him early. Oh. I did par that putt, but um, you know, and then just had a delightful time walking around the course with Straka. You know, until that. SOB almost gets a hole-in-one on the fourth hole, like the one hole in the universe that I should get a hole-in-one. He hits this perfect shot that just – I mean, it was a perfect little draw in there. Thank God it went in the bunker. I uh, mean, because I just – You know, earlier that day, he had played one hole. So on opening day, he played two holes. You can't celebrate a guy he in a play- bunker. That's bad karma. He played the fourth – I just did. Um, <laughs> he played the fourth hole and hit – Like, imagine this. It's – um it was probably about 5.30, so the sun's going down. So it was a little blind, but that beautiful sunset on the Gulf was just gorgeous. And he just hit it like it looked like it was going to be a perfect shot. But earlier that day, he was, uh, went out and joined our pro and Hal Bodley, who is one of our historians who wrote the history book that'll be on the podcast uh, when we film on January 23rd for the 100th episode. And he played the seventh hole and hit the pin. Oh. So he's only hit two shots on the course he renovated. One looked like a hole in one, which went in the bunker. And the other one, he hit the flag. Did he birdie it? I uh, birdied it. Yeah. It hit the flag. And I think we had like three feet and tapped it in. Oh. Like that's not a bad day. That's not a bad that's day. That's a good day. Not a bad day at all. So, all right. So, you know, you've been on a restoration committee. You guys have Cedar Rapids Country Club, have gone through all the pieces, Bel Air here, and I'm not speaking for just Bel Air here, folks. I'm, if your course has been restored, I'm asking Vaughn, you know, what bit of advice would you give the membership of Bel Air or the membership of a newly restored course as to how to handle that course post-restoration?
0: Hmm, That's a good question. Um, I think the the biggest thing that the best thing that members and and just people or customers or clients, uh, even if you got a a new, course like a landman or something, I think the best thing that the customers and members can do is let it grow, and let it age a little bit before before you start tinkering with it and say, well, this is too big or this needs to change or this looks. Out of place because things have to heal, things have to grow in, things have to age, and I think these these cop mounds that you guys have once they weather and and get a little bit of of erosion on them and yeah. just just general life, it's going to look spectacular, and it'll look like Donald Ross just left.
1: Yeah, you you, know, got,
0: you guys need to go buy that hotel and get that back. Oh,
1: I agree. The Bellevue Inn, unbelievable. Um, I will say this: the one thing I. Try to tell people when they're playing it for the first time is your first 5 rounds, forget about your score and just learn how to play the course. Experience it. Right? I mean, what shot did I have today? Oh, it was no, it was the 12th hole. So yeah. the 12th hole was 575 yards from the blues. It's like six god knows what, Six twenty, six thirty from the tips. No, 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 no.
0: And you chose poorly.
1: With Win in our face.
0: You had no discipline.
1: No, I did not. So, multiple times, I would argue today. I'm and, good. you know, par five, I'm, I had 310 to the hole still. So, I'm going to go. Now, what did I have? No, it was 310. We had the wind. So, it wasn't a particularly great tee shot. And I, I pulled out the three wood. I had 215 yards to carry the barranca, followed by like, I don't know if it's four or five bunkers into the hill. And then there's an mm. elevation change. Yeah. And another
0: 60 yards of, oh, of, of I th- fairway no, to Roto, the hole. no, it's
1: more than that. Yes, yeah, another yeah. 100 and yards. some yards. Yeah. And um, I can carry that. Yeah, I mean, I probably could have carried it, but it, I did not carry did you, it.
0: Did no, you, though? I don't think I did.
1: I don't think I did. I think the wind picked up. The wind, and I lost my balance, and I kind of topped it, and it went into the brank, and I almost broke my wrist, hitting it out, and it was a lovely bogey. But
0: I old manned my way up to the hole, and you what did. happened? I
1: think you parred that.
0: <laughs> yes, I did.
1: So, yeah, it turned. I think now knowing that I walked it up multiple times now, that you can lay up with 130 to 120 yards left in the green, and that's the safe play. And it's, Everyone loves the lay up.
0: It's a spectacular hole.
1: It is. Oh, gosh. I tell you, because you're playing the 10th, which has an amazing green complex, also a, a par 5. And now that you've played the entire course, when you play 10, I think... Out of your peripheral, you're starting to think about 12, because it's such a beast. It's such a beast. It's mocking you just to your left. Yeah, because you're playing, you know, it's not, it's not a hard par five on 10. Yeah. And so you're like, all right, we're going to give you a stroke maybe, but I might take away two. I'm going to get it <laughs> in back. In a couple holes.
0: 12 looks at you and says, well, I see you're in the 10th hole. You've decided you're going to play some more. <laughs> you got to like, come through me to get you, home. You
1: might want to just turn and head to the clubhouse, sir. This is your time. Very cool. Well, what other, any parting thoughts before we let this one go? This is impromptu, so we didn't really have a, how about this? Thanks for hosting me. Let's Absolutely. Anytime. You know that. That's fun. We'll go get some photos and. uh, Yeah. Where, where do we need to go next? Where's the next, you know, society of golf historians talking golf history on the road. Maybe not next. Well, like what's a wish list? uh well scotland
0: scotland yeah yeah i think that uh, just riding trains and going to courses is a lot of fun there like, what then, if we
1: ditched the car all together and we just did train could do it that'd be amazing we Did a bunch of it right yeah like a traveling podcast yeah you, from the train Yep.
0: Yeah. um there's some munis houston is is i like what tom doke and i mean caveat there was a big donor from the Houston Astros, but they all invested in the city and everybody came together and said, Hey, let's build a really cool course that everybody can enjoy, but can host a tournament. And, uh, it's just an interesting mix of not only architecture, but also community involvement and support. So, you know, I'd love to, to go spend some time there.
1: I'd like to see the Lido, mm. um, Love I'd to like see. to see the Lido too. It's got to be a little warmer. Yeah. At <laughs> <laughs> friends
0: that you know, the uh, Nagel and Force are working on on the Allison. Mm. Uh, I want to see what Brian Schneider did at Old Barnwell.
1: You know, Aiken. <clears throat> I tell you, Aiken is exploding yeah. for golf. I mean, it's yeah. it's becoming a little mecca. Yeah. There's another course that's Sands. super top secret. That I can't talk about on the podcast. Why would you? You're bring aware it up? of it. Why would you bring it up? Because that's what I do. It's a breaking news. <laughs> I, breaking, new- breaking news. Breaking news. I'm I, not going to tell you. <laughs>
0: for your information, I'm trying to get him to stop. But doing it should
1: that. be fun. It yeah. Should be fun. But I mean, like, it's just, it's got great golf courses already. You got Aiken, and you've got Palmetto, and you've got Old Barnwell's coming up, and yep. and this super top secret course.
0: I I think uh, I want to go see what our friends. Mike Serber and Joe Bausch uh, triggered with Ooh, the Cobbs Creek yes. Project in Philly. Because Absolutely. Because that is a big investment in, in public golf. I'm excited to go support them. And the effort. Feel that the effort, and just the effort their, they put into that is you know,
1: really staggering.
0: Just the years and years of, of evangelism and, and coalition building that's come to fruition. And, and I think that has to be celebrated and supported. Just very excited for them.
1: So are we... Allowed to share, the other secret course. Like a, one that you're working on. Is you that, got money in it too, so is that? Can we talk about that? <laughs> yeah, we got. Nobody cares yet, so yeah. should we? Yeah, sure. All right, go into it.
0: Yeah, so we we we're helping to restore a uh, Donald Ross in Pennsylvania. Uh, our friend Josh Woodward has committed to being the general manager of. This nine hole course, and we are f- blessed to have access to some other land across the street. And we're going to probably work with Robin Tad to do another nine holes there and, and put a driving range together. So we're we're getting our hands dirty and and sort of practicing what we preach. Uh, and this will be a public course and a public facility because uh, I'm very dedicated to the philosophy that one if you can keep a kid busy for two to three hours after school that's a good thing and golf is perfect for that and uh, all the good things that come with golf um uh, all the thing that all the good things that come from public golf and i think that it it is imperative to push great golf architecture that's and exactly great, right and great golf conditioning yeah as close to the public sector as possible which is why i love what they've done with uh with Houston Memorial, um, what they've done in Colorado with Common Ground, it's really a public dedication and belief that good golf is a good thing for, for the people. So yeah. we got to support that. We're going to get our hands dirty and, yeah. and build a project together and, and try and prove that out.
1: I think, you know, who was the young gentleman who played golf with us at Landman? Uh,
0: Sean Treadwell. The teenager. Ty. Ty. Ty, Ty, Ty
1: Treadwell. 12-year-old. Ty. Top, so, number one U12 in Nebraska, in the state of Nebraska. Yep. And we saw that epiphany. Oh, yeah, that's great. On the Redan. On the Redan, right? Yeah. And, and, you know, here is uh, a wonderful young man, a great golfer. And you have a junior golfer. What are they? They're taught to do what? They're, f- they're just taught to shoot at the flag, basically, yep. right? If you're a good player, you go at the flag. And when we saw that. Eyes open, wow, golf course architecture moment when he's not aiming at the flag on the Redan. He he's didn't aiming. believe us. No, he did not. Yeah. Like, I think, you know, we had to pull him aside. Yeah. Stop. Stop. Stop Where are you aiming? I want you to, like, almost miss the green. Like, hit, we were, like, hit the ridge, the yeah. far right, and it's going to funnel down. And and he missed it by, like, five feet, right? He hit the rough. Do you remember? Yeah. And then it, like, trickled. And but he, he hit was, it so hot. He was turnaround <laughs> pissed. <laughs> yeah. And we're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Turn wait, around. Wait. If that touches the green, it's going to be near the hole. And he turn around, and I mean, like, he almost lips it out for a hole in one. Yeah. And like that moment of joy, that's what great golf course architecture can do.
0: Yeah. It watched it trickled. It it just started rolling towards the hole in a radan kind of way and picked up speed. And he's walking away, and we're going, wait, wait, wait. And everybody's like, go, go, go. <laughs> People yelling from. Yeah. The tee box on the other side of the hole, people looking back and watching it. So he's got this, you know, two foursomes, people yelling at his ball that he thought that he had missed the green when he actually hit the perfect spot on Redan. And he said, wow, I can use the land to my advantage. That was a revelation.
1: Yeah. And then I think that's what good golf course, great golf course architecture does, is it opens your mind to the possibilities that, a straight line is not always the best solution to playing golf, that you have to be creative. I mean, I think out here, I think Jason's added strategic or brought back strategic elements that weren't here before or weren't here for the past 50 years, where I'm standing over my ball questioning what I'm going to do because I'm not going to go at that flag or I need to lay up or I should lay up, hence the 12th. And that's, I think, if we can do that at the public level, I think there's more people wanting to get involved with golf, want to play more golf, want to get out there and just enjoy or you know, that, that, that feeling, that great golf course architecture gives you, whether you appreciate the yeah. strategic element or not, they just feel like this is different. Yeah. Whether it's, you know, for
0: me, Milwaukee public, Milwaukee County course is investing in trying to get better golf for the people, you know, cutting some trees, you know, barely have people to cut the ground, cut the grass, but expanding greens, you know, rebuilding tee boxes, little things. Um, you know, the, the high end investments go without saying, but I think that people, you know, are, are celebrating and rewarding people that invest in excellent golf. Hence the Kaisers and Sand Valley and, and abandoned dunes, and it's a new standard. Yeah. Uh, and if you know, it really was.
1: If you build it, they will come. Yeah. The real question, I think, for us moving forward is, can we build it? Right. Like, can we build it? Will they come? I think. But the, the second part is, there's the, a new twist to that. Is can we do it in a way that is affordable to more of the public? Right. Right. Because you know, is it Expensive. Right, right. That's high
0: end. Can you yeah. build it at the muni level? Um, well, Mike Jr. did uh, Glenn. He, you know, he, he supported the Glenn Way Project in Madison, which is very, that very thing. Uh, I think a bunch of those guys got involved. Schneider was involved, Craig Haltom. Uh, they built the, rebuilt a muni in a way that was specifically done where it's maintainable and manageable and sustainable. Yeah. Uh, and it, you know, they built programming around it. Uh, they built community support around it. It was public and private, but it's really a belief that public, good public golf is good for the people.
1: Well, good public golf breeds good private golf. Right. I, I mean, I, I saw the statistics. It was like 80% of people who belong to a country club grew up playing public golf courses. Right. Something astonishing like that.
0: Yeah, unless you're, a, a, you know, a Cypress Point or Augusta National, if you have a private club, more than likely you're going to have to look at regenerating your membership. Yeah. So you know pe- they don't fall from trees, and if you can build a great golf culture around your community, it behooves you to invest and support that golf culture on the local level. On the local level,
1: because that's where your next members are coming from. Yeah, great stuff. All right. Well, what do we miss? We're coming back in what? Like, are we? Back in less than a month? 23rd. 23rd. January.
0: We're coming, like, almost a month. The Society of Golf Historians. A totally made-up organization. Pretty true. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's amazing that <laughs> it's become what it has become, because <laughs> I founded it kind of as a joke. Yeah. I was a society of one. You're very good. It was a society of one. You are outstanding at your non-job. That's true. I, I, uh, it's subsidized by Ryan Companies. Thank you, Ryan, for <laughs> supporting that podcast. And uh, <laughs> Mrs. Lewis. Oh, yes, for sure. I'd yes. like to
0: thank Mrs. Lewis for allowing her husband to come out and play and give him a day pass. Eh, Luckily, there wasn't allowing... anything going down today.
1: <laughs> that's true. This, <laughs> got, this, got, this got shot down. <laughs> this was the first try this of this. Was dead in the water two I don't, days ago. <laughs> I don't play a lot of weekend golf, folks, and it's a Sunday.
0: We have a lot of stuff going on We today. do have
1: a lot of stuff. Oh, wait, no, we don't. <laughs> well, we're going to go. That's true. We did not. It was all yesterday. And then she found out that the Von Halyard, quotation marks, no pun intended, was coming out, and uh, had to see the course and record this podcast, which will never see the air because it's so terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it's rambling. It's, it's a little rambling. It's so. actually kind of fun. Yeah, I like doing it. Yeah, you know, that's good. But this is usually where you shut me down when you're behind the camera. Yeah, you know, like Let to the run. point. No. To the point, Connor. No, you're going to have to edit your ass off. On no, this I'm just going to let it go. This is in the show. <laughs> it's just like six parts. <laughs> Sorry, folks. Should have hung up a long time ago.
0: So here's a question. Do you think that the bulk of your membership understands what just happened to their course and how good it
1: is? I would say from what I've heard and, and what I've talked to some of the members in our pro gym, great guy. That it's been fairly overwhelmingly, amazingly positive That's with good. the course. Yeah, and if I've heard maybe one or two comments that it's too hard, where I my pushback would be, you know, we have a lot of sets of tee boxes, and I would encourage them to try playing the golf course from different boxes so the first day i came out here i think i told you this there were two older members that were tipping out the course which is like 7100 yards and not one of them looked like they could hit the ball 200 yards Ooh. and i just thought that was cruel and unusual right. like I, you know i'm a fairly long hitter right and i don't presume that i'm playing the tips there's just i'm like hey let's have fun let's play it from 6500 yards that's where i have a lot of fun um and there's just some people that, you know, I guess, what's the quote? I want to see the whole course. Right. Um, that was one of those moments. So, But I think, you know, hopefully it's not those two guys. <laughs> the course is too hard because I'd say you need to move up five sets of tees to the right. front and try it from there. But no, I, I think they get it. And and that's been, that, I think that was one of my big worries is that we're going to have a treasure on our hands and they're going to want to undo it. And that would, you know, that thought, I don't think you caused go, me a lot of stress.
0: Yeah. I don't think you can, you can go backwards from here. It's too good right now.
1: No, I, I mean, I think there's tweaks that I think Jason will make. Uh, there's always tweaks. If he didn't touch anything, um, I'd be happy and content. And I, I know he wants to tweak some things or has thought about tweaking some things. And I won't fight him on that, but I would be like, oh, just you know, it's really tough green. For instance, yeah. you know, like, uh, number six. Well, I think there's, I'm things like, but you, it's a challenge. There's That's things golf. you can
0: tweak that that aren't evident until you get some play on it for a little while. Yeah.
1: So no, I think overwhelming success from the memberships perspective. Um, that was my big fear, and I think we had a big fear on number four, in the argument of an island hole surrounded by sand um that it might be too difficult for some of our members but if you look at the forward tees i think it's a 70 yard carry right um and if you look at the front right section uh, jason did a masterful job of creating a zero entry green meaning that the sand literally leads up to the green on a similar slope so you could literally putt the ball out of the bunker and onto the green and i think that was a great solution for you know, people who slice the ball, or uh, members who might not be able to have the power to hit a seventy-yard shot, which right. I think is probably in the wheelhouse of most members.
0: There's options. I mean, sometimes you you have to hit the ball in the air. Yeah. and that's one of those times. At some point, you're going to have to hit the ball in the air or hit it long enough where you can. I've saw guys putting it up the backside. Yeah,
1: and why but, my argument would be this, though, too. So, and I and I, I I address this argument as such. Is Ross came here in 1914 and built that green with no grass connectors. It was all surrounded by sand with hickory shafted clubs and the second generation of wound ball. and we're playing far superior equipment. I think it's not too much to ask to have that green restored, and the club ultimately agreed.
0: Right. Last question, where do you want to go this year? what do you what do you what are you dying to see? I want to go back to Eastward Ho. Oh, yeah.
1: (laughs) That was so good. Doc, are you you listening? I I think it'd be fun to play with you in Long Island. Um, Yeah. I've never played Shinnecock. I'd love to do that. National Golf Links of America, Maidstone. That'd be a good trip full of history. The shipping
0: history at Shinnecock is fascinating to me.
1: I mean, we need to do a podcast on shipping. Right. I've been saying that a long time. We've got
0: a lot of stuff on shipping we should get going.
1: That would be a great one. I'm trying to think where else... Would be. Have you played the loop? I have not played the. Oh, loop. you got to get up there. You know, I played very little. I've only played one course in the state of Michigan, oh. and that was Meadowbrook with uh, Andy Staples in and Andy oh. Johnson's fried egg event.
0: What a great, what a great job Andy did there!
1: fantastic work. I yeah, was, he, I was he, taking the loop
0: it if if we could find a time when you can do the loop in one day and and do it in both directions. But even even back to back, the loop was
1: was Tom uh, Doak, right?
0: Yeah, Tom yeah. Doak. Reversible. For those of you that don't know, the loop is a reversible course that you play it one way on one day, then you play the same holes in reverse on another day. And it, it is a, a collection of optical illusions. I say you haven't really played the loop unless you've played both directions, but uh, it, uh, it was an existential uh, round for me. It was really fun. It was really cool because you end up spending your time looking backwards to try and figure out well i hit this hole from the other direction yesterday how come i can't see the bunkers right yeah he did it he did a phenomenal job there that's I, crazy i think it's you know maybe it's an acquired taste for some and uh but it, it is really a worthwhile trip
1: and if there is a weird segue in this show it's because we edited out some of my comments <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if i'm gonna include it, and Should it I take, is, are you advising me to take just that out
0: long as hell that's good. All right. It was a lot again, of fun. John. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for supporting Connor T. Lewis and the Society of Golf Historians. The Society's been a lot of fun, hasn't it? It's been it? a lot of fun, for, especially for an organization that really doesn't exist. True. Yes. Doesn't make Shadow a Shadow membership. Yeah. Shadow membership. Costs us a bucket of money. To, That's true. Yeah. It's
1: a, it's a great... It's a, <laughs> it's a great loss leader. It's a great loss leader. It's educational.
0: It supports a lot of. It supports a lot of stuff that uh, bleeds into real life. So it's yeah. been good.
1: I'm happy to throw my money at it,
0: and it, it really absolutely am. is. Uh, you know, for our our public golf efforts, it's been absolutely invaluable as a support mechanism. And and uh, I want to say thank you, and thank you to all the folks out there that are behind us in some of our more esoteric public golf efforts. We really appreciate your support.
1: Yeah, I'd say one more thing about the Society of Golf Historians. Uh, obviously, we're on Twitter and Instagram, but I'd say one of the main hubs. We don't have a website. Maybe we'll do that someday. But um, <laughs> if we want to throw more money at something, we could do that. But um, our Facebook page, uh, we have a private Facebook page. You have to answer some questions to get in. Um, if you know Vaughn or I or some of the other members, it's probably good if you can get a heads up to just let us know that you're going to get in. Because we do turn down people. There's a couple rules. One rule is it really is like a safe place. Yeah. In in the in that regard, like you cannot besmirch another member. Uh, we really keep the language clean. We keep debates civil and we toss people. Yeah. Like I think we've had we've probably tossed over a hundred people. Yeah.
0: And it's not a democracy in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. Step out of line, you just get bounced.
1: Yeah, I delete a lot of comments. I delete comments, you delete people. You yeah. think that's how it goes. No, Charlie deletes people. Charlie deletes a lot of people. Love you, Charlie. Don't <laughs> delete me. I, f- I founded the page. Charlie. I've said a couple things on there. I've had some debates where I, I was like, a couple. I, I t- might need to like kick myself off the page. I thought Charlie was going to bounce me a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> but I mean, like, just, I mean, the collegiality is really good. Um, and, and here's one of the things I think you should know is, you don't have to be a golf historian to be on the page but you should have an interest in golf history cuz we do have amazing action, you know like golf historians on the page that share amazing artifacts and we we cool have things. some of the
0: world's top and well most renowned golf historians on the page.
1: Yeah. And I learn something all the time on Every that. every
0: every just so proud to be affiliated with some of these guys. And, and and again the point is if you don't if you're not interested in golf history don't come Yeah, that's it'll, probably it'll, fair. it'll kill you. Yeah. If you don't like it. Don't. Just,
1: the other, the other just thing we, we don't allow is goat debates. <laughs> greatest of all time.
0: <laughs> yeah. It was the Von Von and
1: I'll, a little insider secret. We once uh, almost started a goat page. And we were going to find a way to like take the people that wanted to argue Tiger Woods versus Jack Nicklaus and like somehow shuffle them <laughs> to the goat page. They had no affiliation or connection it, to the Society of Golf Historians and let just them, let them in a battle royale. Let them stab each other like in the thunder eye. <laughs> Thunderdome. Yeah. You just Thunderdome.
0: Somebody mop up the blood.
1: And I don't know. It's, I'd say the one hard thing about the page is I love Jack Nicholas. I love Tiger Woods. I love Bobby Jones and Harry Varden and young Tom Morris and all these great golfers who are goats in and in themselves. Boy, and like amazing. anytime I put anything, like a story about Jack Nicholas. He's the goat. I'm like, oh, here we go again. So, all right. On that, let's end it. Thank you. All right. Thank you, everybody. Take care, everybody. I hope you all enjoyed episode 97 and the first episode of season five. I know it was a tad long and hopefully we didn't ramble too much. Uh, If you feel like it went a little too long, you can be thankful for Von Halyard, who made me cut out at least 20 minutes of inside jokes and laughing fits. As always, thank you for listening. Rate the show if you get the chance and let me know what you thought of it. Until next time.
0: Yours in golf history, this
1: is Charlotte Lewis. Peace. You starting over? Yeah, well, for sure. You okay. know, we're, not, we're not airing this shit. What? <laughs> the train wreck comes much later. Child screaming in the background. That's right. Today we're joined by Von- Jesus Christ. I Take love these moments. There you go. I'm keeping this, by the way. I'm not editing this out. So no, no, just don't. we're going to let people know that I can't say it. If you want to DM me, I'll tell you what I said.
0: This is going on forever.
1: <laughs> you know, I know how people stopped listening like ten minutes ago. We're fine. <laughs> no.